baseball money is fake on the sports gambling podcast network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100 and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Bingo. There's a $57 SGPN gift card for every bingo hit, as well as the SGPN's 57 Bets Challenge. There's $570 in cash and a $570 gift card to the winner of the props contest. Get all all contest info exclusively on the SGPN app. And if you're going to be out in Arizona for the big game, make sure to check out SGP's live show at the Ainsworth Thursday at 11 a.m. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake. Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Same intro as always. Same host as always. It is Blake Meyer, joined by my man Ryan Gilbert. How you doing today, Ryan? Doing good. I figure it goes a little bit inside uh, baseball money is fake here. We're kind of kind of rushing around here. We were gonna we were gonna record, <laughs> then we weren't gonna record. So I did some shopping, then we, I came back from it, and now we're recording here. So a little bit rushed. We have a on a time limit here. So hopefully we won't ramble on on uh, some of these top players as long as we normally do but yeah back here again I, we had a tweet out today uh of all our rankings so far catcher first second and third and now we're doing shortstop here so we're just going around the infield and that's going to be a uh, fun to figure out how we're going to do our outfielders because there's, there's so many to rank yeah i'm excited for this one because shortstop seems to be like the most deep or jesus oh. the most deep i'm killing it it's, already it's the most the deepest, deepest. yes yeah, the most deepest position yet like by a mile. And I think it's just the most deepest position of any of them in general. And, and I'm excited to do the outfield one too. We're trying to figure out how we want to format that one. Cause there's a lot of outfielders to get to. So I guess we'll kind of, we'll play it by ear. We'll see how it goes, but this is going to be a fun one. And yeah, that's the first thing I said to you when, when I hopped on the call, I was like shortstop is deep here. I mean, our top, there's an easily top 20 that I would be comfortable rostering. Yeah. Same. Like I'm, for the record, I'm just gonna put it out there now. I'm not taking a shortstop early in the draft this year. I I, I can't no. I can't do it. Even I, I though can't. I like some of these top guys, but I, I can't either. I mean, unless someone falls, you always have to always have to go back on your plan. But I, I I'm I'm not gonna have Trey Turner in any leagues, which which is un, which is unfortunate for me. It's a sad day to hear that from a Phillies fan. Yeah. <laughs> but should we just jump right into it? Yeah. Well, before that, let's uh, shout out our sponsor, WinBet. WinBet's the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet's active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, also known as WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. The big game is here, and WinBet has you covered. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. It's 20 or older and present state. We're playing the winner zero. If you have some knows again, problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And if you're going to be out in Arizona for the big game, make sure to check out SGP's live show at the Ainsworth Thursday at 11 a.m. local time. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. The show is free, and you'll be able to watch the show and have some drinks with the guys. That's sportskillingpodcast.com slash big game. All right, so right out of the gate, kind of what's been par for the course for the most part so far. I'm pretty sure we got the same number one. We've had the same number one the whole way, right? Oh, except for catcher. You didn't have JT first, did you? Oh, that's right. No, I had Richmond first. That's been the only one. Insane. Actually, no. First base was different for first two because I had uh, Goldschmidt. Oh, right. Yeah. First name. Never mind. Yeah. I guess just the last two would have been. Just the last the two. Yeah, we're, we're sticking with it. My guy, uh, Trey Turner here. He's going to be the first overall pick by some Phillies fans, I'm sure. He's ranked second overall on Yahoo. Just does it all. 21 home runs, 100 RBIs, 27 stolen bases. Hit 298 last year. Now going to quite possibly an even better lineup from the Dodgers to the Phillies. Going to be hitting top that lineup as well. So 
yeah, Trey Turner, easily the best shortstop here. I don't think we have to uh, talk about him too much. No, and his his projections on uh, for the bad X are pretty similar to what he had last year. 21 home runs, 96 runs scored, 28 stolen bases, hitting 286. He's going to be a total total bases monster. He's going to steal your bases with the shorter bases. Not shorter bases, man. With the rule changes, I'm I'm fully here today, I promise. With the, the new uh, rules next year, he could be in line to steal 35 bases, maybe. I mean, if he stole 40, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got power, total bases, stolen bases, hits for average, easy number one. Yeah, uh, right down to number two here. Who, who you got at two? Uh, I had somebody else at number two, uh, but I... Swapped him and I put Fernando Tatis Jr. in as my Tatis number two. Jr. number two. Yeah, I, I could see that. I have him down a little bit. Um, why do you got Tatis too? Uh, just because I think when he's fully healthy, there's I don't know if there is a shortstop better than him. I, we don't know what he's going to look like because it's been a while since he played, obviously. But I mean, in his last full season that he played, he, he there we go. Yeah, hit 282 with 42 home runs, stole 25 bases hit 31 doubles he struck out 28 percent of the time which kind of sucks but he had 11 percent walk rate makes excellent contact with the ball his barrel rate in 2021 was 21 percent and that's over a full season that's not like some little like that's like triple league average thing. right league average is like seven <laughs> yeah that's like aaron judge last year was about 21 percent or 22 percent so he he does everything and i know he's gonna miss some time at the beginning of the year i don't know exactly when he comes back I don't, he doesn't read, miss a ton of time I read he he's out some. through april 20th so like okay yeah not not barely anything and I, I i legitimately think he could even missing that time could have a, a 40 home run 30 stolen base season absolutely yeah tatis i i i flirted with putting him up up here at two or three but he's gonna be a boomer bust guy he's gonna either either come out and I mean, his his full season average over 162 games in his career is 48 home runs, 116 RBIs, <laughs> 31 stolen bases while hitting 292. And like that, that Padres lineup is just going to be incredible. So, yeah, the shortstop, these top six, I think, well, besides said Trey Turner, two through six are all like interchangeable and could end up in, in any order. So and, and Turner, too. Like I, I could see Tatis being the best shortstop I could see. Any number of these guys kind of having a career year to be the be the best shortstop. I'm trying to see who here. Got, who you got at number two? Uh, number two, I have Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette is uh, okay. a guy who, you know, I have him in my keeper league. I was trying to trade either him for Bobby Witt last year. who's going to be one of these top shortstops as well, or like try to get both of them. But, you know, last year was quote-unquote down year for Bichette. Still had 24 home runs, 93 RBIs. Year before had 29 home runs, 102 RBIs, hit 298, 290. So gonna hit close to 300. Gonna get you 25 plus home runs. She'll get you 90 plus RBIs. She'll get you 90 plus runs. He had 121 runs in 2021. So hopefully he can get back to uh to that to to live up to this this second best shortstop that I'm that I'm claiming him to be here. But I just think he he has a really solid floor. Probably what I put up last year as his floor. I think his ceiling is is even better than what he did the year before, and he's still going to be 25 in March, so he's still, you know, getting to that prime of his career. And the Blue Jays, you know, they got rid, rid of a uh, Tiasker and they brought in Varsho. Uh, Bichette projected to hit second in that lineup between Springer and Vlad, so uh, that's not not a, not a bad spot there. Yeah, and I mean he's he was kind of a victim of that early season struggles as well, which kind of hammered home a lot lately. In March and April last year, 22 games, he only hit 213 with two home runs. But for the rest of the year, he killed it. Like, first half numbers in 92 games, he hit 20 doubles, 14 home runs while batting 257. Not terrible. Second half in 67 games, he hit 337 with 23 doubles and 10 home runs. That he, he really turned it up at the end of the year last year. And 32 games in September and October... He hit 11 doubles, seven home runs, and hit 406 while stealing four bases. I really like how he kind of crescendoed into the end of the year. And I'm that's I'm, a good I'm, word right there. Like, let me interrupt you. you. Like that? Fantastic. I get to come on podcasts and I get to say big words instead of just typing them. <laughs> but like, I I love that, and I I wish I could have put him higher. I almost did. I have him as my fourth, but I fully understand putting him at number two. I love how he ended last year, and if the beginning of this year can be 
anything like the end of last year was, who knows what kind of numbers he could put up. Yeah, if he falls, I mean, I'm not sure where his ADP is. Let me pull it up real quick. But if he falls into the late second, early third round, I might have to take him there. Uh, ADP of yeah, that's about where he is. 14. So, yeah, if he falls early to late second. second, early third, I think you, you got to snatch him up. Yeah, because he's going to he's gonna play in any league. He'll, he'll be good in points leagues. He'll be good in roto leagues, category leagues, best ball, too, because he's got some pop. And we learned that you really want to focus in on those big home run guys in best ball, which we need to get another best ball draft going one of these we days. We do. So I, was so much fun. Poss- I was thinking about doing that possibly over this past weekend or maybe sometime uh, this week after we do our outfield rankings. Hell yeah, I'm in on that. We got to get a, a, a real draft in sometime here, too. Oh, for real. We do. We, I want to do um, – I want to find a way, like not to ramble, but uh, when we do the, the great fantasy baseball invitational – Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we aren't in the same division and that our drafts could be slightly different. Ah, see, that wouldn't even work because it's a f- not to give away like details, but it's a four hour pit clock. So I don't think we could live draft that, but we can cover each of our rosters after. Yeah. Yeah. After the rest are done. Yeah. But yeah. We need to get a live draft. Yeah. Um. So I have, we both have Trey Turner one. I have Bichette two. You have Tatis two. Um, who do you got three? I went Bobby Witt. Bobby Witt three, okay, that's that. I, I can respect it. I mean, you you gave me the uh the you got me on the Witt hype train a bit last last show <laughs> at uh, our third base show. So go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. But uh, yeah, what why do you got Witt three ahead of uh, Bichette and these other guys? Uh, mainly just because I've been kind of big on the I don't think he has more power than twenty home run power train, which is kind of. Uh, been limiting his ceiling for me a little i'm saying limiting his ceiling i have him ranked number three <laughs> but uh, i think he has more power than i initially thought 2021 he hit 33 home runs and stole 29 bases in 123 games which is absurd i uh, so he could be a 30 home run guy at the major league level i think he was like julio rodriguez last year. i think he went the first months of the season without hitting a home run I'm trying to pull up the splits right now i think he went the first month of the yep March, April, zero home runs and hit 216. And then after that, six home runs, five home runs, three home runs, five home runs, one to end out the year. Not great, but he hit 264, which is pretty good. So I, I think he does have 30 home run potential. Hell, if he hits three home runs in March and April and three more home runs in September, October, all of a sudden he's a 26 home run guy. And the 26 home run, 30 stolen base guy is pretty damn good. So I like him at number three. I the more we do this, the more I'm not sure that I like him over Bo Bichette, to be completely honest. But that's where I've got him. So I'm sticking to my guns. Yeah, I, I think what's the guy that, like, if he ends up being having Bo Bichette numbers, you're happy with it. So I, I'd rather go with Bichette than, than Witt. But I, I understand him having him third. Uh, I have him down at sixth. But, I mean, as I said before, the, the two to six are all pretty pretty close for me. Um guy who I have is another one of these one of those people very slow very slow start we can do a whole episode probably uh, on these guys that just I like had, that had slow starts had 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 a uh, good second half to watch um Marcus Semyon he had no home runs in April or March March or April one home run in May and then June he had seven July August September October he had six so you know he came on really in June, I'm trying to get the uh, game log up to to cherry pick some stats for you guys here. But um, yeah, from June 2nd to the end of the year, he hit uh, 271 with 25 home runs in 113 games. That extrapolates to 36 home runs, 95 RBIs over a full season. So I think there he's he he feels comfortable now in Texas. They're trying to be more competitive now with, you know, they have him, Seager, Lowe, Adolis Garcia, and they got the pitching staff now. So I could see a big year out of Semyon. And, yeah, I, I think power power kills in, in fantasy baseball, and Semyon is one of the biggest power hitters at the shortstop position. And I think he's definitely a, a top three or top five shortstop for me. I agree. I think I have him as my number two second baseman. Let me look. I forgot I can just click yeah, over that's, second that's base another, another great point there. He's second yeah. base eligible, too. So only adds to his uh, value. Yeah, I have him as my number two second baseman. I have him as my number six shortstop. But that just shows how deep fucking shortstop is. Like, it's mm-hmm. absurd. And, yeah, he power speed combo, which I want to see how the speed turns out this year because last year was a little bit of an 
anomaly with those 25 stolen bases. Before that, 15 was the most he's stolen. I like that his K rate dropped down to 16% last year. Really helps in points leagues. His walk rate left a little bit to be desired. 7.3%, which was like the second worst of his career. So his on-base percentage is only 304. If that can tick up just a little bit, and he can play this coming year how he played like from June on last year, he's going to blow the doors off the shortstop position. He's going to put up – he could put up that 45 home run year again. Like, he has that level of power. Yeah, exactly. That's why that's why I, I, I'm taking him over some of these other guys, even though, you know, he's he's 32. He's on the quote unquote downside of his career. But he he definitely has that power where where he's could hopefully at least get 25 home runs, 80 RBIs. And that's probably his floor. It's nuts that we're like, how many was that your number four or number three? That was my number three. OK, who's your number four? Yeah, your, your number four is Bichette, you said. Yep. Um, My number four is. I was surprised I put, I put him here at four. Um, I, I have this guy four and Tatis five. I may have to I may have to swap them after looking more <laughs> into Tatis's numbers. But uh, Francisco Lindor of the Mets. Okay. I, I have fourth. Um, nope. Have a solid solid year last year. Twenty six home runs, one hundred seven RBIs, hit two seventy after a uh, pretty down first year with the Mets. Only hit twenty home runs by while well, hitting two thirty. But people forget he hit thirty three home runs, thirty eight, thirty two. His uh, final three full seasons in Cleveland, solid hitter, going to be hitting third in that Mets lineup behind that fucking nerd, Brandon Nimmo, who runs the first base <laughs> on walks, uh, Starling Marte, and he's got Pete Alonso behind him, so they're not going to pitch around him. Uh, switch hitter, has a, has a good floor, his ceiling probably higher than many people think, but yeah, Lindor, I think, him, Tati, Semyon, are all really interchangeable for me, and, and then I, I have Witt down at six, like Two to six, I have Bo, Semyon, Lindor, Tatis, Witt. If, if you if you reverse them, I, I wouldn't be upset. Yeah, I, my tiers are one through four. There's my one through four. And then two through eight, and then nine through 13, and then just everybody else. <laughs> but, like, I could honestly, I could make, like, six tiers, though, of guys. Because, like, after 13, like, it's, I would take any of them still as my starter, except for Xander Bogarts. Fuck him. He, I, he's going to be... <laughs> A horrible fantasy baseball shortstop this way this year. Stay away. But uh, I have Lindor as my number five. Okay. It, so we I have mean, we have we have the same one through six, just different orders. Yeah, just different order. Yeah. I love that uh, Lindor hit two ninety nine in the second half last year. His his power was like I like the same throughout the entire year. So can't really talk about whether he had more or less power because by month uh, March April he had four home runs. May he had. Four Four. June he had four. July he had five. August he had four. September October he had five. He literally just hit you four or five home runs a month, mm-hmm. which is cool. Like from the shortstop position, it's nice to have a. He's the epitome of a guy that you know what you're getting when you get him. You know what he's going to get you. Twenty eight home runs. He's going to hit you freaking like two eighty. He's going to steal you fifteen bases. That's just what he's going to do. He's. I think he had a. Didn't he have a game last year where he hit three home runs? Or am I going crazy? I swear he did. I don't know if I got time to look that I, up, but uh, I can look that up right now. I got his baseball reference up. Let's search game log by home runs. No, he had one two home run game on April fifteenth. Okay. okay. Oh, I thought I sounded smart there for a second. <laughs> but yeah, like he he can he has the ability to pop off every once in a while, but for the most part, he's just set it and forget it. You know what you're gonna get? Elite mm-hmm. production, very consistent. Yeah. All right, so then at uh, seven or yeah six, I have Wit. We talked about him. You have Sammy, and you said yeah, um, yeah. Wit, I just have. I, I want to see him do it for a full season or another year before I can rank him higher. And I don't think his ceiling is that much higher than the other guys who have probably higher floors than him. Yeah, his is all just kind of dependent on his power. Like, is is twenty home runs his ceiling, or does he have that minor league power? Yeah, I mean, because like, he had, can he had what, 30 over. in 2021 between single and double A or something like that. Yeah, I think it was 32. So, yeah, so he, he has power. It's just a matter of, you know, seeing if there's any sort of sophomore slump or pitching around him because Royals aren't great or just or just like teams learning how to pitch him. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, especially in that shitty Royals lineup. It's just <laughs> him and Vinny. There's Batman and Robin. That's well, it. Everybody Melendez, else. Melendez and, and, and Sal. Uh, that's true. That's true. They got Nicky Lopez. That's all top top four. Oh, Nicky Lopez. Watch out. <laughs> <Dark>. <laughs> uh, 
Who do you got after that? I think we ha- we probably have the standard five. It's like, it seems like the last of the great shortstops. Seven, Harry's? Or saying? seven, yeah. Oh, seven. Um, I have Corey Seager at seven. Yep, there we go. I got Corey Seager as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being the better Texas shortstop. He had a, was it a career high in home runs last year? I think he had quite a few. Did he have, did he hit 40? No, he didn't hit 40. Insane? He, uh, he 33. hit. Had yeah, 33, which was double the year before, but also he didn't play the full season the year before. Um, second year in Texas, just like with uh, Semyon, hopefully get that average back up. He only hit 245 last year. Before that, he hit over 300 the previous two seasons, so career average of 287. So hopefully see that go back up. Might take a hit of his power to go down from 33, maybe 25 home runs, but another guy that I think it's a it's a Lindor light where settle and forget it. You know what you're going to get. Uh, hopefully Texas can be more competitive. He's going to be hitting probably two or three in that lineup, and yeah, I think he might even be in his own kind of tier here where it's like a safe a safe option probably in round five round four or five for me yeah i'm I'm looking at his hitting chart right now he was like actually legitimately like very unlucky throughout the year he had lowest babbit of his career at 242 which generally babbit does speak to how lucky or unlucky you are but if you are a like if you tend to be a pole hitting fly ball hitter your babbit goes down quite a bit like Kyle Schwarber is a prime example he has very low mm-hmm. bat up and that's just because he swings for the fences like high launch angle swing for the fence but Corey Seager not really a, a major fly ball guy like fly ball rate is only 39 percent which is like right in line with his career line drive rate 21 percent which is good he was a pole hitter 42 percent of the time but I I saw a stat where he led all of baseball with m- the most uh grounded out into the shift outs in baseball last Ooh. year so if you take that shift away, we don't really know necessarily how that's going to work out, but he's in line to see a major boost in that batting average, especially he only made soft contact 10% of the time. That's nuts. The entire year, only 10% of the time did he make soft contact. So a guy that hits good amount of line drives, makes good medium and hard contact, pulls the ball quite a bit, lefty pull hitter with some pass playing in texas like he legitimately has a chance to he could hit 40 home runs and bat 280 with no shift yeah i, I was looking up his shift numbers as we were talking he was shifted um oh, i close out of it like 90 90 plus percent of the time at a much better expected woba without the shift uh 397 opposed to 326 with it like you were saying, looking at his stat cast page, expected bat on average, 96 percentile, expected well, but 96 percentile, expected slugging, 97 percentile. So th- he might be a guy where th- the shift going away actually does help him because he's shown before he can hit for average. He, hit, he was a 300 hitter. You don't just magically go from hitting 300 to hitting 250 or 240 like like he did. So Seager's a, a prime candidate for, for a bounce back year, which is kind of crazy to say because he had 33 home runs last year. But yeah. He could, if he sticks that power and gets that average up, he could end up being a top five, if not top three shortstop. Yeah, the bat X has him uh, hitting the second most home runs of a shortstop this year with 28, only behind Tatis at 31. Uh, they have him hitting 278 on the year, so they're projecting a big bounce back for him as well. Almost, yeah, 33 points higher than he hit last year. He, if you can, do you know his uh, ADP? Uh, I got to appear here. 61.5. Love it. Absolutely love that ADP. Yeah. That is a steal for him because everything points to him being a bounce back. Yeah. That, like that's lower than I expected. So I said, if you can get him in the fourth or fifth round, that's great. This is what start of the fifth round. So if you can get him fifth or sixth round, it's a fantastic pickup for, for a, a deep position where you don't want to necessarily reach for a shortstop. But if one of these guys falls down below his ADP, Snatch him up and just be happy you have that position position covered, even though you might miss out on, on some value later. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I think I'm going to have a lot of Corey Seager shares this year just solely because of that. Like he, Oh, man, I'm writing this down right now. He is going to kill. He he's my he's the number my number seven shortstop, but he's going to be my number one picked shortstop just because number one, number one in your heart. Oh, you damn right. He is. 
Number eight, I know we have vastly different because we did a, a little pre-show talk, which we normally do, and you mentioned the name of one of my my top ten players as being way farther down on your list, and I held my composure, and I had my poker face on, so you didn't know. <laughs> Who is it? Jeremy Pena. Jeremy Pena at eight? I have Blake. Pena at Blake. eight. Is there something? Is there just something about the eight spot? A third base, you had Yandy Diaz. <laughs> uh, here, shortstop, you have Jeremy Pena. What's going on? I, I, you got a ma- you got a magic eight ball doing, doing this stuff for you? I do. You know, it's all this research that I've been doing is really paying off. It loves that eight spot. No, I <laughs> I got I've done a lot of Jeremy Pena research because I, I had a talk with somebody on Twitter a while ago, and we were talking about like what which shortstop would you rather have? And at this point, I don't even remember who the second shortstop was. I just remember that one of them was Carlos Correa. And we're going back and forth, back and forth. And they're saying, wouldn't you rather have somebody that hits 25 home runs and steals you 10 to 15 bases uh, one round later? I think it was like in the sixth round. Wouldn't you rather have them in the sixth round rather than uh, this person in the fifth round? And I was like, you know what? When it comes down to it, this is a long-winded way to say, I would rather have Jeremy Pena Who's going to hit? I mean, the bat X has him at 18 home runs, 12 stolen bases, and batting 253. I think he hits the 253 again, but I think he hits 20 to 25 home runs and steals 15 bases. And his ADP is way down there. He's going to put up as good, if not better, stats than a lot of these guys that I'm going to list after this. And he gets overlooked a lot. Like, I think his ADP is in the like the 100 range, 90 or 100, uh, something like that. 100, 111. Yeah, there we go. So like way later. And he's a very Francisco Lindor-esque in terms of like and forget it. Like he's going to put up good stats. You know what you're going to get. He hits in that incredible lineup that they had there. So the counting stats will always be there. He ended up at the year last year, 29 September, October games, four doubles, a triple, six home runs, which is uh, tied for his most of any month. Scored 18 runs most of any month. 18 RBI most of any month, stole four bases most of any month, and hit 278. He ended the year good. And if he can, same thing, go into this year the way he ended last year, he's he's going to put up good numbers. He's worthy of that eight spot. Uh, I, I understand he's going to he's going to probably outperform his ADP, but I, I don't think he's one of the top even even ten. I thought perhaps it was going to be Gunnar Henderson you had up here, or or like. Uh, Wonder Franco. No, you might you mentioned why you had Franco, but like you you'd rather have him than O'Neill Cruz, Swanson, Tim Anderson, Jimenez, Bogarts, Willie Adamas. Like I understand um, yeah. I understand the value there with Pena, but have like having him eight do you really think he's gonna be one of the top ten shortstops at, at the end of the year? Yes. Okay. I do. I just because so the other guys you mentioned, Willie Adamas, O'Neill Cruz, all those guys. They have bigger upsides, but their floor is very low. Very low. Those, those guys strike out a lot. I'm trying to talk shit about him, but I have him ranked like right after Jeremy Pena. But like, I, I think his, he has a very, 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 very high floor. Jeremy Pena does. He may not have the highest ceiling. He's not going to hit 35 home runs. He's not going to steal 40 bases, but he's not going to hit below 250. He may not even hit below 260. He might be a 270 guy with 20 to 25 home runs. Like that's that's pretty damn good. And I think it's worthy of the eighth spot. But also like that's the like the top end of tier three for me. My I switched my tiers up. My eight through 13 are all in the same tier. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be upset if you took one of the guys after that above him. But I think that's where he shakes out. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's it's a bold stance to take here to to stake your flag here in Jeremy Pena, but yeah, That's I, what I I'm think, here for. I, 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 no, I, I love it, but I, I think his ceiling could be limited by just where he bats in the lineup. He's going to bat seventh. You know, he's going to have, he's, it's really the top six and then Pena seventh. I mean, he has Tucker right ahead of him, Abreu, Alvarez. So he'll get RBI opportunities, but you know, hitting seventh limits his plate appearances rather than someone that's going to be hitting second or third for, for a, a good team. But, yeah, Pena, I think, is going to be a shortstop that's overlooked, but I don't think he's overlooked that much where he should be eighth. And then uh, I guess for me, eighth is just going to be where we're arguing here because I, <laughs> this is where I have Xander Bogarts here. Um, <laughs> coming Sorry. off a down year, 
But, you know, he, he had his best years in Boston, 2018-2019, when the Red Sox were good. And now he's going. he had 23 home runs, 103 RBIs in 2018, 33, 117 in 2019. Now he's going to a Padres team where he's not even, what, the first, second, or third biggest star. They got Tatis, they got Soto, they have Machado. He's just going to be there, you know, picking up the scraps, getting 20 home runs, probably getting 80, 90 RBIs, if not more. I think Bogart's not a steal here, but could end up being just as good as, as Lindor or maybe not Seager with, with the power, but where he's being drafted, his uh, ADP is 86. I think he does outperform that, and I'm comfortable here having him at, at number eight. My issue with Bogarts is just how not good he is on the road. Like he he hits for an okay average. He hit 297 on the road last year, but he was built to hit at Fenway, like with the green monster out there. Uh, at home, he had 23 doubles, 10 home runs. On the road, 15 doubles, five home runs. Like he just, I don't mm-hmm. know. I I I don't like his numbers away from away from Boston in general and to stick him out there in San Diego, which is an even worse hitters park. I don't think it bodes well to him. I mean, it's 625 games. Oh, here we go. Home and away. He's played essentially the same amount of games in 631 home games in Boston, 165 doubles, 89 home runs in 625 games away from Boston. He hit 67 home runs is all. Uh, I, I, and he hit uh, 271 compared to 312 at home. I, I think he'll he'll be okay, but I think he's going to get so overdrafted. I think he legitimately could hit 12 home runs this year, and that'd be his ceiling in San Diego. <laughs> I can't I can't take a guy like that in my top 10. He's going to hit more than 12 home runs. He hit 11 home runs in the shortened season in 2020. He's going to hit at least 15 home runs that he had last year. Now he doesn't have the the, the pending free agency hanging over his head if he's going to get traded or, or all that crap going on in Boston. So I, I think he's going to thrive in, in San Diego. We, you know what? We're off air, we're going to bet on that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, bet Zan, I'll bet Xander versus Pena right now. Straight at what format? Points? I, category? I, don't, I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We're, 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 we're on a clock here. All right, it's moving down. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of clocks or some sort of transition, um, make sure you check out Big Game Bingo. Make sure to sign up on the SGPN app and get your own Big Game Bingo card full of your favorite Big Game prop bets. If you get bingo, you want a $57 SGPN gift card. Only catches must be subscribed to the Sports Gambling Podcast and NFL Gambling Podcast on YouTube to win. In the honor of the Big Game, SGPN is hosting a prop bet contest. Make your picks for 57 different prop bets. Winner will get $570 cash and a $507 gift card to the SGPN store. All of our contests are free to play and exclusively on the SGPN app. All right, now getting into number nine here. Who, who do you got on nine? Let's, uh, let's, Willie Adamas. Willie Adamas at nine? Okay, I I, I like it. I, I have him down much lower, but like as you said, this tier of like Bogarts, eight down to even like 18 for me are all somewhat interchangeable yeah like it, it's for me it's a lot of uh high ceiling low floor guys in this tier nine through 13 uh, these guys could blow the doors off their season like willie Adamas has 40 home run power can he hit mm-hmm. 40 home runs in the season who knows he gets hurt an awful lot but he played 139 games last year 140 the year before he does okay but he really has been getting better and better and better in terms of contact last year 13 percent barrel rate more than double i guess like double right up right around double the uh major league average 43 percent hard hit rate k rate sucks at 27 percent but his expected batting average is 238 could use some work too but that's because he just swings for the damn fences so it's just going to come down to how much contact can he make can he improve on his strike out rate a little bit and just continue to barrel up the ball. Yeah, I, I have Adamus ranked way too low right now. I, I got to move him up probably into into the top twelve. Yeah, he's he's better than who I definitely have at eleven at least right now. So let me uh, 
I think that swap he'll be he'll be 11 for me uh yeah i like Willie Adams a lot as someone that's definitely going to be overlooked you know he's only had really that one great season last year even though he had 25 home runs the year before still only 27 so you mean you mentioned his barrel rate great good exit velocity good power so I'm not too sure what that Brewers lineup looks like. I'm going to check it out right now on uh, Fangraphs. But, yeah, I think Adamus is one of these later shortstops that if you miss out on on the top tier, you'll, you'll be happy to get, especially if he falls below his uh, ADP, which, which shockingly to me is 96. So I think that, that's probably a bit higher than I, I'd be willing to take him. But if, if he falls a little bit, I would, I would snatch him up right there in round 9 or 10. Yeah, and the bad X has him uh, same – Projected home runs is Corey Seager with 28. So 28 home runs, 80 runs scored, 83 RBIs, hitting 247. So I, I, they have him batting a little higher in the batting average department, but getting a guy that's going to hit you like 30 home runs and then have 80 runs, 80 RBIs, it's, that's a good number nine. Yeah. All right. My number nine is uh, Dansby Swanson. I'm not sure how I feel about having him here at nine, but I. I just feel like he has to be ahead of these other guys I have behind him. He's coming off two pretty good seasons in uh, Atlanta. I know he's now going to the Cubs with uh, with a much weaker lineup, but he'll be hitting second. They have a solid Ian Happ, Seiya Suzuki, uh, Hosmer, Mancini behind him, Bellinger there. They could be a, a sneaky good team, but I think Swanson, 27, 25 home runs past two years, 88, 96 RBIs. Those numbers are going to go down with, with the lineup there, but he'll still put up 20 home runs. 75 RBIs. He has some 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 speed. Had 18 stolen bases last year. Career average of 255. So I think he falls right in in that category of, of a fairly safe shortstop. Maybe his his ceiling is limited due to playing in Chicago, and you know he seems to be what he is at this point in his career. But he's another guy where I would just be happy having him if he falls to me in in one of these middle rounds. Yeah, I have Swanson at where do I have him at 10. So so right right around where you have him. I think going to Wrigley Field is kind of a a big knock on him because at Truist Park last year, they're the 11th best hitters park for right-handers, and Wrigley Field was 23rd. So I don't know how much the park factors are going to actually affect him in terms of production, but it's – I think he takes a little hit to his numbers from last year where he just balled out 277, 99 runs, scored 96 RBI. He strikes out a shitload 26% of the time. But, I mean, he, yeah, he. I think he's a safe floor, not the highest ceiling type of yeah. guy. I don't mm-hmm. think he steals 18 bases again. But, yeah, I, I like it. Ninth, tenth, I like that. Yeah. All right. You have him at. 10 at 10, I have uh, O'Neill Cruz. It's a guy I thought you'd be higher on as you're, you love young guys. He, he finished the year strong last <laughs> whoa, year. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I love young guys. <laughs> you, love, you love prospects. You love, <laughs> oh, there we you, go. There we go. You, you, you're the one that took it there, Blake. <laughs> finished the year strong, had eight home runs in his last 37 games, which uh, extrapolates to 35 home runs in a full season. Had 25 RBIs in those games, which which is 109 over a full season. Hit 279. Um, I'm liking the Pirates lineup a bit, a bit better now. They got they got McCutcheon there. Hopefully, Brian Hayes can can pan out a little bit, especially if Brian Reynolds stays there, doesn't get traded. Maybe. But yeah, Cruz is going to be hitting leadoff. He has power. He has speed. So I like him as one of these these high high ceiling guys. I think his floor is. High enough where I'd feel comfortable taking him, taking him in the later rounds, and you know he could have a, have a really big year after hitting 17 home runs in half a season last year. Yeah, I have him at 11. So again, we're like one pick off. Mm-hmm. I I did have him higher before we started recording. I had this habit of doing my <laughs> rankings, and then every time I go look at my rankings, I change shit. Yeah, and Neil Cruz is one that I changed. Uh, he was nine, and now he's moved down to 11. I love his upside. He has legitimate like 40 home run, 30 stolen base upside. I know we had Eric Cross on an earlier episode, and we were talking about Ellie De La Cruz. He said kind of a similar type of potential for Ellie De La Cruz and O'Neill Cruz. I love how O'Neill ended the year. I mean, in September, October, 29 games, he hit 288 with six home runs and six doubles. So he really improved that batting average department. Now his K rate 
has never really fluctuated much. He still just strikes out an ungodly amount of time. So much like Willie Adamas, we're going to need to see him fix that because he struck out 35% of the time last year. Not good. But anybody that can play 87 games and hit 17 home runs and steal 10 bases is worthy of a top 12 spot in my book. Yeah. Uh, yeah, then I moved up uh, Damas to my 11th slot. So we just got the uh, 12th, 12th spot left here. Who you got 12? I have Wander Franco. Wander Franco at 12. Uh, tell me about him. Uh, I think if he can stay healthy, he would be much higher up on my list. The problem is Wander Franco likes to get hurt. He is the uh, he's the Luis Robert of shortstops. Yeah. And if my shout out Fangrass, this seems to happen every time we record these episodes. My Fangrass is just like, you know what? I don't want to work for you right now. It's on his break right now. But he's a low a low strikeout rate guy. I'll just riff. He's a low strikeout rate guy. I think his K rate was like 10% last year, maybe like 9%, a little lower. He's not going to hit for the most power. I think in a full season, he averages like 15 home runs or right around there in power, but he's a big doubles guy. He's a guy that can hit 40 to 45 doubles in a season, which plays well in points leagues it doesn't help you as much in category leagues which yeah. is why i did move him down a little bit but he can hit for a good average too he's a guy that if he hits for 300 in his career it won't surprise me he's like a 280 to 300 hitter right around there with middle of the road home run power but he's going to be on base a lot yeah franco you said he plays well in points league but i think franco's the type of guy that he's a great baseball player but doesn't really translate too well to the fantasy his power definitely limited never really hit for too much power in the minors. His his average should come up. He's hitting 282 in his career so far. Could see that come up above 300, but yeah, I don't, I don't see the power there. Doubles are nice, has some speed, but uh, I, with you know shortstop somehow now becoming a power position, I, I kind of want to see more home runs out of that. Um, Same. My 12th is... I've, I have Andres Jimenez at 12. Um He's interchangeable with these guys I have below him. I, I just think he's coming off a uh, a pretty good year there with the Guardians. Guardians should be even better this year coming up with uh, Josh Bell there now. Obviously have uh, Jose Ramirez, who we talked up a lot in the third baseman ranking episode. But yeah, I think Jimenez, one of these guys kind of being overlooked a little bit, has 20 home run power, you know, what did he put up last year? 17 home runs, 16 RBIs, maybe see him take a step forward. 20 home runs, 75 RBIs while hitting close to 300. Stole 20 bases last year. Could see that again. Finished sixth in MVP voting last year. That, that, that's kind of crazy. Oh, to wow. me. But yeah, I think Jimenez is a solid guy here to to round out the top 12 with. And then, you know, the rest of the guys here could easily take a step forward. Yeah, he's, he's my number 13. And then after 13, that's where my tier three ends. And then it's just everybody else, Andrew Bogarts, Tim Anderson, Carlos Correa. But yeah, like I... Uh, yeah, Tim, 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 has, Anderson, Tim Anderson is someone I think we're completely completely overlooking, and a lot of a lot of people are or may not be. His uh, ADP on NFBC is ninety uh, uh, ahead of Adamus, right behind Bogarts and Frank. Franco's is eighty six, so oh, wow. they're high on, on him. Pena right there, one eleven. I think Anderson, you know, he was hurt last year, but he's one of these consistent guys that not gonna put up twenty twenty five home runs, but you know, fifteen twenty. If the White Sox lineup pans out, maybe more, but he's going to hit for average, career average of 288. He's hit 335 in 2019, hit 309 two years ago. But I think Anderson could definitely be one of these guys in the next tier. Anderson, Correa's there too. Uh, Tommy Edmonds, a solid, solid guy to have. Uh, Med Rosario. I think shortstop is, is really deep. I think so, too. I think I saw a stat. Tim Anderson is the only player in baseball to hit uh, 300 or better in the last four seasons. Like he's, he's somebody that every time I look at my my rankings, I know that I'm underrating him, but I don't really know where to put him because, again, his health comes into play, yeah. too. So I don't entirely like Wanda Franco. I think I might be able to put Franco higher if he could stay healthy. But who knows? Tim Anderson, I would put him absolutely higher. He'd be a top. He'd probably be top 10 for me. If he can stay healthy, yeah, and, we'll just have to see how that plays out. Yeah, and, and Correa too. I know people are a lot, making a lot about his ankle and whatnot, but I think he should be able to stay healthy for at least the next few years. And he's been consistently putting up 20 home runs, hitting, 
you know, 279, 291. So drafting shortstop draft strategy is definitely going to be interesting because there's a there's a ton of guys at the top that are that are worth drafting, but there's these guys like like Anderson, like Correa, like Pena, like uh, Gunnar Henderson. We haven't even talked about who can definitely just be a solid shortstop for you that you can probably get really late in the draft. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some guys later on in the draft that I would still be very okay with taking. Like we said, shortstop is so deep. Like you, you can get one of these top end guys early on if you want, and you want to get like a solidified option at that position. I just think you can, you can wait till later on. Like I mean, even like somebody like Ahmed Rosario, I have him down as number 17 on my list. If he was my starting shortstop when the draft was over, I wouldn't be mad because that means that every other position. Like I probably got somebody that I really, really needed, and I still got a solid option that late in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. And looking at the shortstop ADPs here, it does look like there's a solid top uh, 19 here. Tyro Estrada at, at 19, uh, ADP of 171. Then the next one, you got Alberto Mondesi, Bryson Stott, ADP 225-228. Also down here, you know, C.J. Abrams, and then a guy you mentioned before the show, uh, Ezekiel Tovar. I'm surprised you haven't haven't brought him up yet. <laughs> Yeah, I, he's an interesting one. You know, I really love that uh, Coors Field advantage yeah. that a lot of people get. He's kind of an unknown one. He doesn't have the most power, but he's got some speed and he's got a decent hit tool. So I don't know exactly how he's going to pan out in the fantasy world, but he's somebody on my watch list. He's kind of my, as you put it, my my Jordan Walker of the shortstop <laughs> position. He's shown He's shown some power before he hit. 15 home runs last year in 80 games, 15 home runs, stole 17 bases in 80 games. That's pretty damn good. And he hit over 300 at every level last year, except for the majors in nine games. He hit 212. Not really worried about it down nine games. That doesn't make me shy away from getting anybody. Yeah. The, the bad X hasn't projected to hit 12 home runs, um, hit 267. Some of these projections are a little bit more, Generous here, 18 home runs. Steamer has 17 home runs, hitting 280. So there's a wide variety there. But but yeah, as we were saying, shortstop here is just so deep. And like looking at the ADP tiers, I mean, you got Turner and Witt in the first round, and you got Bichette, Tatis in the second round, and Lindor's at 31. And then it drops off a little bit. You got Seeger, 61, and then Cruz. Tommy Edmond is the eighth highest drafted shortstop on NFBC. And I don't think either of us Damn. had him in in our top twelve. He, he's fourteen. He I, I did have him eleven initially, but I swapped out him for uh, Thomas. I wonder if he's that high because of his shortstop el- or his second base eligibility. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just thinking of it. Then I mean, you got Swanson, Franco, Bogarts, Anderson, Adamas, all under ADP of one hundred. That's thirteen shortstops with the ADP of ninety six <laughs> or earlier. That's Pe- ridiculous. Yeah, Pena, Correa both in the 111, 115, and like the Rosario, Nico Horner, Javi Baez guys there uh, as late round, late round flyers. Oh, God. I love Javi Baez. I want to do another best ball draft just so I can take him, <laughs> just so I have some reason to root for him or to watch him swing it a pitch 40 inches outside the zone. I mean, he, he can't be as bad as he was last year, can he? I mean, I want to say no, just because he was really that bad. And like he was, I don't think he was fantasy relevant in any format last year. Definitely not like I've mentioned before. Points leagues is my shit. That's my my go to league type every year. He is so far off of the points league radar every year that I don't even get to consider trying to take him. Yeah, but it's wild because like in Chicago, 34 home runs, 29 home runs, even even 2021, he had 31 home runs between Chicago and the Mets, but. Last year, I don't know if he just, you know, got got a big contract and got fat and happy there, or if he's just Detroit, <laughs> if just he's just swigging at everything. Who knows? Although I am curious to see if the them changing the dimensions of the park and stuff, if yeah. that's gonna help him. I mean, he still has to make contact with the ball. Oh, that's the hard part. But if he does, it'd be cool if yeah. that helped him in some way. I mean, his OPS was six seventy one last year. That is that is not good. That's a pretty good slugging percentage though. Yeah, and 278 on base percentage. Woo-wee. Yeah, if you move his slashes down one way, if you hit 278 with a 393 OBP and 671 slugging, now that that's a fucking great season. That would be like a, a Aaron Judge season. Or no, that'd be like a Mike Trout season. That'd be yeah. nasty. 
But thank you guys for stopping by again. I think I should probably plug our everything before I sign yeah. us out. Uh, you can go ahead and follow us on Twitter at fake baseball, the coolest at on Twitter. You can check us out in the discord at sg.pn slash discord. The baseball discord is heating up. You can catch us over there. Ask us all kinds of questions there or on Twitter uh, in the discord. They got every sport you could ever imagine. I mean, Ryan's a big hockey guy. They got a lot of mm-hmm. hockey talk going. There's probably the most active channel there. Super Bowl's coming up. You can come talk some football. Do whatever you want. Uh, and don't forget to give us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcast and on Spotify as well. If you follow the podcast, you'll automatically get every new episode we put out. You won't even need to download it yourself. It's just automatically to your phone and ready for you to listen to. And you can catch me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. Yeah, but make, make sure you're following. If, if you're a new follower, go back and listen to some of the earlier off-season episodes. You know, it's evergreen content here with, with season not being played and games not being played. But, yeah, go let's reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, I am Ryan Gilbert. Follow me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. And we'll catch you guys next time. Peace.